0: Hey, Miroslav, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you, now?
0: I'm well, thank you. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. Uh, This afternoon, I have invited Miroslav on to talk to me about or share with us his take on relating. Um, This series of podcasts is really about bringing forward a different perspective on the way that we relate as humans in an intimate um, space, as well as... Um, in any other space in our lives, as my man Mark Grove says, if it's not, uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is in life, we're in relationship to everything around us. Um, so why did I ask on this afternoon? Miroslav is someone I met about a year ago. He is someone that I have been on an embodied speaking journey with for most of that 12 months. Miroslav um, brings such a unique perspective and take on personal expression and embodiment and how we bring our energy and gifts and magic to the stage of our life, as well as any other stage that we show up in. Uh, And I know that he has a particular, a very different perspective on relating than what most people that I would normally encounter do have. Um, Marissa also teaches at the Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy, uh, which is all about cracking open our perceptions and our dogma around sexuality and really tapping into what is our life force and how do we bring that forward? So thank you for joining me this afternoon. Thank you. That's such a beautiful introduction as well. Oh, thank you. You know, it's easy to talk about someone when you have a a very deep resonance with them and their work and their message.
1: Mm -hmm. Completely.
0: So I wanted to, this series of podcasts, I was inspired to do this because for me in the last year and a half, my perspective on relationships has changed so drastically and And I think the biggest shift for me has been like how I show up in the space of relating and how my expectations had robbed me of um, the richness that's available when we are being really in the truth of who we are in our relationship space. And I know that, you know, I, I know we say like when you're a whole person and you can be these things, and then the great love finds you, you know. But I don't think that's true. I think we can be in so many spaces of love and show up in so many different ways. For you, like, where did your model of love, like, where, where do you think that started for you? And when did you sort of start to question, is this how I really want this to be? And is this how I want to show up? In the space of love
1: yeah that's an interesting question um if you were to ask me about relationship i feel that would be pretty obvious it's like you know society family um, upbringing community all that kind of stuff and i think there's probably an idea that love should be a part of that um but i'm not i'm not really sure it's like you know living together and getting along and building a family I'm like, I almost get the sense all of those things can be present without love, you know? And sometimes it's more like um, complacency. uh, There's a few other words here, like, you know, it's like, it's good for all parties involved. Like, I think a lot of what people find in relationship is like, yeah, there might be love, but I think a lot of other values is what keeps people in relationship, not primarily love. and i think actually this funny little it's not even a funny story it's just a story that comes to mind when i was when i first started studying tantra yeah we, uh, we had a, a swami that was on, ordained in a particular lineage which which was just, which was traditional tantra so not neo tantra mm-hmm. and he did this little exercise with us where he got someone to hold up an object and yeah at the same time, he asked the rest of the room to, to pretend that that object is the thing they love most in the world as he was holding it. And you felt the room quite tangibly filled, filled with love. And then he's like, now I'm going to take the object away, but I want you to keep feeling that sense of love. And you know, miraculously or non-miraculously, it worked. And the lesson behind it was like, you don't need an object for you to be in a state of love. Like love isn't a transaction it's a state of being and if i'm talking about love i think that was my reference point for love it's like oh wow this is something i can it's not even find within myself it's yeah. like it's a part of my essence or my nature yeah and i also do feel around certain people there is uh, you're asking some interesting questions here now and here's my here's my current like moving in my head is it like is it that certain people are going to invite a deeper sense of love to emerge from us like yeah. is that part of the interaction of, of human dance of the human dance and is, is it even about people like you know it can be music it can be food it can be so many things that can invoke this state of love but there's definitely a relationship where some some things and some people will bring out more of it than others
0: So I I love that in terms of like, you know, we think that, and and obviously this is my lens and my perspective and it's very subjective, right, that we think that love is like this thing that can only be elicited outside of us. So would you say like in that moment, did you have an awareness that because you have done so much study around yoga and tantra and meditation i'm correct in the meditation thing and like you've 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 not just um you know dipped your toe in the pond so to speak like you have done big immersions in in at at the home of like the seat of where these things have come from or originated from did you have a sense like before dipping into that pool did you have a sense of like love was something that we could that did not necessarily have to be elicited outside of us
1: uh, to be honest i don't know if i gave it much thought before no. that i think there was just an idea of you know you go along life you get into relationship and stuff happens and that like first uh, immersion into tantra i had that towards the end of that i also broke up with my partner and when I say broke up, people get the idea it was a bad thing. It was like a recognition that our souls were going in a different path. Yeah. or mm, It's like what was needed on a soul level wasn't what was needed in a relationship level. So maybe in that process, it, it did actually start getting me to connect to some of these deeper values. And and I'm, I'm just going to take this because this is what's coming yeah. up. I also think we don't really have a benchmark for what it means to follow a spiritual path and be in relationship at the same time. Like I was speaking to my brother about this recently. It's almost like, you know, our reference points for relationship are our ancestors, our social, our community. And in a sense, it's generally putting the relationship and the best interests, best interests of everyone else first, as opposed to this sense of, um, I don't know, an inner truth, you know, And is this actually serving or am I just in this because everyone else has suggested that I should be in it?
0: Because this is the path, right? This is what we do. Yeah. We're educated. You know, we come out of that phase. The plan is is that we meet this potential life partner and then we embed ourselves in that. We probably abandon ourselves in that relationship and then we do all the things, the big mortgage, the kids, the... (sighs) It feels heavy even talking about it, you know. (laughs) And I'm sure that's not everyone's experience. But what I am confident of is that if you ask people like, do you have an awareness of what it is to honour yourself in relationships, so in an intimate relationship, I think statistically you would see an answer that's pretty confronting in terms of most people would have no idea what that means.
1: Yeah, and I think this is like, it's a process of building a relationship to that, like what it is we need in relationship and how to live in relationship. And I think every relationship is different, you know, being around your parents, for example, compared to being in an intimate relationship, you're going to show up very differently.
0: Absolutely. Do you think, um, do you think like, you know, I, I hear a lot of talk around and I'm pretty fluid on how I think the structure of relationship is. Like, I definitely think it's something that is outside of me, but I also think it exists within me. But do you think when you're in an intimate partnership, does, is the relationship a separate entity?
1: Uh, I've been playing with this recently and yes. And I think relating to it as a separate entity almost creates more freedom. Mm.
0: Explain that a little bit more to me.
1: I think for me, the first, the first, like actually tangible experience I had of, it, I was speaking to my partner about trust no. uh, and I was kind of saying like, I'm not sure if I can trust another human being. Like it's not even personal. There is just this yeah. sense of we as human beings can only speak to the truth we know in, off in the moment. Yes. And what's going to happen a week from now. It's like, even if someone tells you something, it's like, it doesn't really mean anything. And it's yeah. kind of like sad, but real at the same time. And she goes to me, what if you place your trust in the relationship? And just like moving my awareness there, I was like, oh, wow, yeah, I can trust that this relationship has the best interest in mind. Like yeah. regardless of whether we stay together or not, there's a deeper cohesion that's moving between
0: us. I really, that that is, has, that, I, I'd like, I deeply relate to that. I think that's a really beautiful thing because it, it is, it is almost, you know, honouring the life of something outside of you and what direction does that want to take you know and trusting that if you step into that space that what comes through in that space will be for the best interest of the of both parties in there or however many parties are in that space of relationship
1: yeah completely
0: do you think you mentioned before when you were talking about a relationship breakup because I think this is like you know, I, and, and I, f- I fully confess I was one of these people that, you know, you could not end a relationship until you got to the cataclysmic, like, okay, we're catastrophic now. This is, like, dire and we need to exit this and have this be this process of, like, just a horrible process of separating yourself from someone else. And, I mean, I... <laughs> And now, now I look at that space and I think when I see relationships breaking down or, you know, I, I'm like, wow, what is it within us as humans that we, this is the way we see like something that has been so beautiful between two people. What is it between us that sees that this is the way that it has to end? Mm. So you were talking earlier about, you know, like relationship, a relationship breakdown. And, and I get that, like, you know, people's feelings get to be honoured, right? And when we're hurt, that's great. But what's your take on, like, you know, because I don't know, you know, we've all heard the Glenneth Paltrow, like, we're consciously, you know, we're consciously uncoupling. What's your take on, you know, in, in that conscious spiritual space? Like, how do we separate when the relationship has run its course.
1: Yeah, and I think the underlying values are for me like paramount. Like I've been in a relationship where there was probably more love and connection and um, uh, like ability to work through stuff in the easiest we'd ever had it. Yeah. And we still came to a point where it's like, wow, our souls are telling us to go in a different direction. And you, it's kind of like it, the sense was more like the relationship came to, to a completion, not to a breakdown. Yeah, it was like if we'd wanted to spend the rest of our lives together and you know get the white picket fence and do yeah. I'll just call it the normal thing, um, like society the societal prescription for how life and relationship yeah. would be like would have been a perfect match, mm-hmm. but on a soul level it it was like there was a yearning for mm, like a change in direction Mm -hmm. and i mean i don't i'd say it's probably the hardest even calling it a breakup feels weird because like my idea of breakup is dysfunctional and falling apart and yeah i mean it's more closer to the whole gulner paltrow thing it was very much an experience of conscious decoupling yeah um And it was like both hard and there was a lot of grief like throughout that process. And we did it over about the course of a year. Um, But dare I say fulfilling as well. Mm. Recognize that so much love and connection can still be present. And it's not the ending. It's more like the relationships changing form.
0: I think that's like... I was, you know, that I saw your talk this morning on cancel culture, and there's, it's been in my field, you know. Someone else that I really admire was talking about cancel culture again this morning, and I thought it's interesting, isn't it? It's like I, my commitment in any space of any relationship is to honor my feelings and myself first and foremost, and so I have this thing now where I'm like. Nothing is permanent. That sense of permanence we have around anything is just like it's fictional and it's it's not it's not based in reality. So even if I have like this drifting away from someone, like maybe our values aren't aligning, maybe it's um, we're very much in different directions. Maybe there's something that they're journeying and I'm journeying, and it's just not compatible for us to be in each other's fields anymore I feel like there's no sense of permanent separation there it's just the relationship is just changing in the dynamic you know maybe that dynamics around proximity maybe it's around um you know how we're showing up in each other's lives but it's not this permanent break it's just a change And I feel like it's in the space of like friendships, family, intimate relationships, we're not encouraged at all in our learning to understand that, that life has a real sense of impermanence about it. And that's the flow and dynamicism of life to, to follow like your soul's path or the whispers or whatever you want to call it. And that, that be okay
1: hmm.
0: doesn't mean there's not love there it's just that it's changed the way that it's showing up
1: yeah the other day i was actually thinking like this idea of the house or the family or yeah. whatever it shows up for us i think it's the the the, the feeling that arose for me was like The fact that things are continually changing and we can't stop them from changing is a terrifying thought. Yeah. And like on an unconscious level, the antidote for that, and I I don't use the the word antidote correctly here, but it's like we perceive that the antidote for that is to build some kind of stability that's unshakable, to deal with the fact that life is ephemeral and we can't stop it and we can't control it. So it's like, what can we build that's gonna hold in place and make us feel solid? and just being in that i was like it's just not fucking real like building my safety around a family or a house it's yeah. like i can't actually hold on to that it's like all of it could be taken away and all, not just could it will be taken away it's yeah. a matter of where, not if exactly and, and and then to bring it back to that whole spiritual path it's like the relationship with non duality with that one unchanging thing and how that's probably the the most important relationship we have in life you know
0: speak to that a little bit more like when you say the relationship with non duality how has that changed for you when did you realize that there is like <laughs> the the truth is in polarity when did that become real for you and how has that influenced like how you how you relate
1: you know i had someone help me help me out my business copy a couple of years ago Mm. and the idea was they're like gonna they're gonna interview me a few times and they're gonna write stuff and we'll keep going back and forth and we just went a few times and then in the last session he was like oh i got it for you it's about presence and like your relationship to presence is the most important thing in your life and i was like i think you just nailed it
0: yeah
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs> and to speak about like mm, that moment that you asked me to to draw to this was after i'd just done that first uh, tantric teacher training that yeah. i mentioned earlier um and i was at a very particular festival with lots of teachers and i was doing the same morning practice with the same teacher every morning and at one point like words are fucking like they're not going to be able to hold this experience but it's like my yeah. mind cracked yeah and i stopped thinking And it wasn't like I stopped thinking and I was dumb. It's like the mind just went into complete stillness and it stayed like that. And this probably went on for a day or two.
0: Yeah.
1: I was just in absolute awe with with all of reality. Like a bug would land on me and I would just be in awe. And it wasn't like some ecstatic kind of bliss. It's like I was feeling normal inside. There was just no objectifying program running in my mind. Like there was nothing creating a separation between me and the world. And being in that state, I was like, oh, Jesus, this is this is God, in a sense. Yep. Like, that thing that I've talked about and I used to argue doesn't exist and I was like, you know, religion's just a bit crazy. I'm like, this is that thing they've been pointing at. Yeah. But it's an experience. It's like it's not yes. something that lives in books. No. Yeah, and, and like when I touched on that, I was like, oh, this, this is all I want to be intimate with in life. Like this is, it just takes precedence.
0: When when did you become interested in Tantra and Tantric teaching and what what was it? Was the same thing that triggered your interest? Is that what has held your interest in it?
1: No. So early on, I think, how can I put this? I read a couple of spiritual books early on. And I was like, I'm interested in this. Had never meditated or anything. Um, Got invited to this tantra teacher training, and went along. Um, And one of, and also just a pretext. I I used to have no control over my ejaculation, like in my teens. Uh, Yeah. That was a part of the appeal. It's like, oh, I've heard Sting or whatever talk about this, and apparently it can help. And I and I'd done a bit of research, and I was genuinely curious because you know, medication wasn't an option. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll check this out. Spirituality sounds interesting to me too. I went along and I remember the teacher at the time, he goes, I remember he sat us down, we're like in a circle okay. and he goes, Tantra is living a spiritual life in a worldly existence. And I was just like full goosebumps. I was like, this is why I'm really here. I was yeah. like, I've been feeling this my whole life. yeah. Without just being judgmental about the fact that I couldn't relate or even put that into words. And it felt like when he said it, he just pulled something out of me. And I was like, oh my God, this is what I've been looking for. But I didn't even have the words for it at the time. Is it what sustains me? Um, No, like the ejaculation thing isn't a thing anymore. It's just an integrated part of life now. That yearning into building a deeper relationship with life itself. So often I I think people, I say used to, I used to think of enlightenment as, this pure bliss states that that nothing else can touch us anymore and we're just free from life. And the deeper I go into my own relationship with life and presence, I would say it's more like building an intimate relationship with all facets of life and how deeply intimate can I be with everything that's moving through me and through life as it's happening? Uh, I think that's what continues to fascinate me, you know?
0: Because that's the richness of life, right?
1: Yeah, and it brings us into life. It's like romantic relating becomes a part of the same expression and mm. it's, not on, it's not in the way, it's on the way, as Di Martini says. Mm. Uh-huh. And everything else for that matter as well, business and sales and riding mm. your bike and everything can become almost, a, uh, don't know, the in and out breath of life.
0: Yeah, I like that that analogy to like, you know, if we're focusing on our breathing, that that almost like the pulse of the life force, right? I was gonna ask you a question then, and it's bloody gone. Oh, it was good too. (laughs) It'll come back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Always happens.
0: What else do I want to talk to you about? Oh, this is what it was. Okay. The saying, everything touches everything. Mm -hmm. We hear this a lot in like the conscious community. It's thrown around a lot in the spiritual community. Everything touches everything. Yes or no. And why?
1: (laughs) Um, If I had to pick a camp and not sit on the fence, I'd say yes. Yep. Yeah. and this is just my, my personal experience is it's like yeah. when one thing starts to shift, it shifts, shifts other areas. And what I've found very real is like people come into a public speaking training with me yes. and sex life might get better afterwards. They're, they might start making more sales. Their relationship with their mother might get better. And you just kind of recognize it's like, wow, whatever fear they're dissolving by being on the stage is actually rooted in other areas of their life. And if the stage kind of becomes a magnifying glass to draw that out and when it's out it's like oh wow there's suddenly more space. Um, And just what that opens up, it's kind of like we can't really fully comprehend it either, you know.
0: Yeah, agree. I think that's that's a beautiful way to put it. In your work, you work a lot with and you know obviously this is my reference point view in knowing you and as you know a friend and also knowing you as someone that I've worked with quite closely you were you work very much around meeting the energy within yourself and meeting the energy in others with your energetic presence can you share with me I've experienced this with you, and and it's very hard for me to put into words, like, what that feels like to be met energetically, but can you share with me, like, how did you realise that this was something of, like, such a powerful and potent expression for you, like an expression piece for you, and, you know, how how does it work in like your relationships like with your your clients the people you work with your audiences your friends and family your intimate relationships like how how does this work for you in those spaces
1: it's mm, a good question how did i discover it um, I think I have a really deep commitment to the truth.
0: Yeah. And
1: When these opportunities to start teaching and speaking came up, like I didn't want to hide behind my knowledge. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be, it's not even me being as real as possible. Like I wanted the moments to be as real as possible. And if I'm reciting something I wrote before, it's like, there's no realness there. It's, it's like reciting a moment that was real and now might not be anymore. Yeah. Um, and that kind of became a spiritual practice, if you will. I was like, I can touch this place in this state through meditation if I'm by myself or if I step onto a stage or start teaching, um, facilitating processes. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm allowed access to the same state through connection with others, which in some ways is a lot more fun as well. Cause you know, when you're cross-legged and eyes closed, it's like an early yeah. really learning experience um, in, in, when it comes to interpersonal relationships how it's affected my relationship and relationships and how it shows up i think immediately um i'm like with my partner there's some really good games we play yeah <laughs> i call them games but like one of the things that we do is and this not, might not even be directly related to, to what you just asked me one of the games games is like consensual unconscious communication okay everyone knows conscious communication it's like when you said this it made me feel like this and then when you did this I felt like this and it's very kind of like you know we're on the opposite sides of the room being very very politically correct Um, and it's it's like it's a very very conscious way of communication well we we start and this is like a practice that just emerged through our relating and I was like oh this is actually what feels like for us so don't recommend it to anyone else but it works for us yeah going into just what wants to be expressed without making it personal yeah so if one of us needs to like yell or um, express something or be sad it's like just go for it and the other person is just like not going to take it personally and it's the recognition that sometimes things just need to be expressed for our system yeah and it's done with someone but we don't have to take it apart we don't have to understand yeah. it. it's like just let the energy move and see what happens next and then sometimes a day or two later, like maybe one, of, one or two of these pieces stuck and we'll come back to it. And sometimes like it doesn't even need anything. It just needed to be expressed and witnessed and that was it. And it's like, oh, thanks. And you just watch what was anger going to nothing like very, very quickly.
0: There's definitely a lot to be said about. Yeah, allowing your energy to go where it's like, where it desires to be you know, what the flow and movement of that is. Um, Okay. Conscious of the time. I did say to keep you for 30 to 45 minutes. Um, Your, if you had to write in, you know, 500 words or less, your, your concept of relating is...
1: Oh this is good and I love the way you framed the question okay um let's just roll with this and, and see yeah, what happens uh, my concept of relating is how deeply intimate we can be with reality and each other and how relating can become oh it's like the glue or the the the, the piece that teases us out of our own individual world and get gets us more connected with with the aliveness of life. And the, the metaphor that comes to me is like seeing all these little puzzle pieces and relating is the thing that kind of breaks the puzzle and ter- turns them more into water. And in a sense, it has to be re- relating because they're the things that we tend to prize the most above all else. Now, whether it's relating like with a partner, whether it's relating to like, how you want to be seen by, you know, the collective people out there, like as a leader or whatever, it's like it's always through relationship that these pieces are teased out of us and and brought into life and if i was to play with the spiritual thing again i'm like for a long time relationship was always pushed to the outskirts of spirituality because it's like it's not real everything's an illusion just focus on yourself and it's like what's the magic that can happen when we allow um relationship to be a part of the fabric and the glue and the magic of, of living a human life you know and, and quite often i'm like if we take this to to like the ninth nth degree when people die usually the biggest hurt or pain is what was unexpressed
0: yeah regret
1: and just regret. what it means to live a life that is fully expressed where we do get to speak and say what we really mean when we really mean it and it's this sense of like you know life can just move through us and it's, it's fucking beautiful
0: absolutely i love it again it's that richness of life right it's like you know it's letting it like letting yourself be in it and of it rather than you know well I'm sitting back here behind you know the gate of the door or the barrier because this is how like my program dictates i show up
1: yeah but that little thing you just touched on um i'm in the process of launching a podcast as well and i've interviewed a few people already (laughs) that's that's a topic that's come up a number of times like as leaders or teachers or people that are facilitating programs how do we de pedestal ourselves to create more genuine relationship where it's not like the sense of superiority you know
0: it's an interesting thought isn't it I actually did a live on this today and was talking about you know like the people that we call into our lives to like be in our field to journey something with us right I like that that, that that person just has the toolkit that I don't have I don't have yet And so they're there to like help me fill up my toolkit, you know, change it up a little bit. Like, and that's what their role is. And like, I might pick up all of the things and I might pick up some of the things, but the journey is there to be guided and shown, you know, not to be, and it's great to have a sense of reverence for someone else's journey and growth and commitment and investment. But, you know, that pedestaling thing is almost like we're abdicating our responsibility Mm. in the contract again, you know. This person has showed up to guide me. If I pedestal them, it's like I'm handing over everything again to someone else to do for me.
1: Completely, Yeah. Thank you so
0: much for joining me today. My pleasure. Super grateful. Thank you for having me. Very interesting. Just gonna.